Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> so apparently what Charlotte won a won a game last night. A team in Charlotte won a game. Yeah, that's good on Charlotte. Good job. I mean, it was soccer, but still, that works. I think I'm going to be a soccer fan now, which is, that's going to be kind of awkward. Because I've spent a lot of time on the radio over the years mocking soccer. <laughs> But, uh, no, I used to, hey, I played soccer for three years. I am allowed to, I'm allowed to mock. I see soccer actually, uh, like once a week. We watch my nephew's, uh, soccer game once a week. So, yeah. I am allowed to comment on, uh, the soccer. So, have you been watching all of these demonstrations all around the world, basically? Uh, these pro Palestinian demonstrations there was one up in minneapolis i saw i guess it was uh yesterday where they had shut down a road and then some elderly driver had his car surrounded and so then he tried to get through and then they chased his car down they tried to actually at one point drag him out of the car the guy looked to be like 70 and um so i guess we're going to do this again we're going to have another summer of uh Summer of fiery but mostly peaceful protests. Another summer of love. We're going we gonna to do this again, but this time in the name of the Palestinians. Is that the idea? I'm asking, the, I'm asking leftists. Because like, this is all you guys. So, right? And if you've been watching these pro-Palestinian uh, rallies that have been held, which is, like, again, like they... They were holding these things before Israel even did anything in response. They were immediately calling for people to, you know, keep in mind the Palestinians. And I don't even know, like, they're not even Hamas. Like, they're different people altogether. Like, I don't even know who's Hamas and the Gaza Strip and what's a Hamas. Am I doing a Hamas now? And what what is that? I've never heard of such such a thing. Oh, no, that's the militant wing. That's right. It's the militant wing of the totally peace-loving government in Gaza. But there is a connection between all of these things with the left, which is really kind of bizarre if you, you know, you just see it and you're like, why are, like, the, uh, what is it, the uh, gays for Palestine? Like, what? The people that surround the Palestinians are some... um, well, let's, it's not exactly, it's not an obvious group that you would automatically think would surround a culture, a society, uh, you know, that is you know, really misogynistic, um, throws, you know, gay people off of rooftops for simply being gay. And it's kind of a weird thing. The allies of the Palestinians all of a sudden. The nexus point, though, is obviously Marxism. That's that's the idea that they are simply using the Palestinians 
framing them as the oppressed and Israel as the oppressor. And that's the common denominator in all of this stuff. And it goes through the uh, the George Floyd protest, the Black Lives Matter stuff. They've always been, Black Lives Matter has always been on board with the Palestinians. Because Marxism, oppressed, oppressor. Everything is uh, put into uh, this filter. That's why you see, by the way, a lot of the um, uh, the district attorneys, the prosecutors all around, you know, that, that aren't, uh, you know, charging people with certain crimes for equity's sake, I guess. Right? Oppressed oppressor. By the way, uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg Police, they did their uh, quarterly crime stats release, which is, uh, it's noteworthy just for the fact that it's one of the rare times that CMPD actually speaks to media anymore. I'm, I kid, I kid, but not really. Um, they release, yeah, so they released their numbers. I actually uh, was at a uh, uh, family reunion uh, yesterday. My wife's side of the family, they get they try to get together once a year, and so we were um, we were at this uh, at this event, and I was talking with one of uh, her cousins about crime stats, and he he could not believe that the crime rates were higher in the seventies and eighties. And, you know, maybe this is just like something that people notice now because we have so much more media, so much more coverage of of stories that we see that we are exposed to, maybe. But the the overall rates in America have gone down. And there are a lot of different uh, hypotheses about that. But, I mean, I've heard like lead paint no longer being used in, you know, residential settings and stuff. And so, you know, lead paint, not so great, particularly if you eat it paint chips and stuff as a child. That's never advisable. Uh, but, you know, living in apartments with lead paint, like that was one of the, that's one of the theories that's out there. Um, anyway, so the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, they released their stats and they actually found a decrease in violent crime year to date, which is good. But I think it went up like the year before, and so like coming back down, that's definitely good coming back down. But you know you gotta you gotta take it over the you gotta take the trend. You know you gotta look at the trend line. So they say violent crime went down five percent. We saw declines in major categories, including homicides. That was down. Uh, homicides are down nineteen percent. Robberies are down eleven percent. Aggravated assaults are down two percent. Um, you also uh, got this press release here. CMPD is getting ready to welcome its largest ever recruit class with 82 initial members of Class 196. Overall hiring within CMPD has increased by 22% between 2022 and 2023. So again, this is now like we're seeing maybe a, a, a return to pre- Pandemic, pre-Black Lives Matter, fiery but mostly peaceful protests, right? Overall, violent crime has dropped in 2023. Shootings, though, have risen slightly with 2%, uh, went up by 2%, with shootings involving juvenile suspects rising by 32%. What else? Oh, finally, you get down to paragraph 8, and it says... 
8 out of 10, the eighth paragraph. Overall crime in 2023 has risen by 11%. And that is due to the continued spike in property crime. That is up 14%. And more specifically, the category of auto thefts, which is up 125%. CMPD has seen a reduction in the rate of vehicle thefts in the third quarter. Um, The main contributor to vehicle thefts remains the Hyundai-Kia social media quote-unquote challenge. Hyundai and Kia vehicles continue to be targeted. Um, Yeah, up 843%. Targeted by juveniles committing most of these thefts, 70% of total auto theft arrests are juveniles. CMPD urges vehicle owners to take precautions Get the club, a steering wheel lock of some kind, you know, put it on the steering wheel so it can't be stolen, or get a stick shift, because kids don't know how to drive those. Lock your doors. Do not leave valuables in your vehicle. I don't know why people have to be told this. Don't leave the laptop sitting on your seat and the doors open, unlocked. Park in well-lit areas or areas with surveillance, And by the way, you can get a free steering wheel lock at any CMPD division office. Did you know that? So what went down? Violent crimes went down. Homicides, rapes, armed robberies, residential burglaries, commercial burglaries, arsons. What went up? Property crimes, larcenies from automobiles, and vehicle thefts. So that's where we stand right now. Oh, there was also, I saw this at the Charlotte Ledger. Um, do you remember Tim Newman from, uh, well, he worked for the Knights, I think for a while. And then he was with the, uh, Charlotte center city partners and the regional visitors authority. And then his life just spiraled just out of control. And he, he got arrested down in South Carolina for like terrorism threats and stuff. He got arrested again. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? You can put a a monkey into your trunk, the trunk monkey, anti-theft monkey, hands down the best. Only issue is that you need to feed the thing. I was not aware that you could do that. That's a pretty good anti-theft device, sounds like. You need it. Obviously, you need a big trunk, though. Um, Yeah, did not know the, uh, that you could actually purchase uh, wildlife and put it into your trunk and have it attack. That's it. Well, what about, no, wait a minute. Well, they say don't leave your dogs in the car. I've not heard any warnings about leaving monkeys in your car during like when it's hot out, you know, 
I've not seen any kind of public service announcement, haven't heard anything about Trunk Monkey, so I don't know. Um, I don't even know what that is. Is that an actual product? Anyway, Tim Newman, the former Uptown leader who has been racking up criminal charges in recent years, got arrested again about a week ago. Accused of sending a South Carolina private school into lockdown. Uh, He is the former head of the Charlotte Center City Partners and the Charlotte Regional Visitors Authority. He is uh, they had to move him from uh, one detention center to another uh, Kershaw County Detention Center on a charge that he violated terms of his probation. Charlotte Ledger reports uh, that uh, jail records show he remained there. He was arrested last Thursday. Police say he was found on the premises of a private K-12 school and made threats that led to a lockdown. According to a press release posted onto the Facebook by the Bishopville Police Department, which is in Lee County, about 50 miles northeast of Columbia, Newman threatened to assault a security officer in the parking lot of Lee Academy after being told that he was trespassing. And then uh, he was later arrested at a Department of Motor Vehicles office. This is so sad. I, I mean, I knew Tim, you know, from 15, 20 years ago. He originally came, he, he worked out of the Charlotte Knights operation, if I recall correctly. And then he got into the, that, I, think, I, mean, I think that's how he got into the Charlotte Regional Visitors Authority. And then I think he was into the Charlotte Center, uh, Center City Partners after I was gone from Charlotte and up into, uh, up to Asheville. And then he just kind of went off the rails. Um, not kind of, he did. He's 59 now. Uh, he spent more than two years in the Georgetown County Detention Center north of Charleston from April 2020 until September 2022 on felony charges of threatening to blow up a dam. While in jail, he got charged with additional offenses, including throwing bodily fluids at corrections officers and assaulting a female corrections officer. He was released after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor. So that's just uh, that's just sad. Um, also sad, this story out of Monroe. A man was shot and killed Saturday in Monroe because he looked at a teen gunman wrong, according to police. This is from WSOC-TV, and I've, I did a search again because this story was from uh, late last week, and I'm not aware if they've made any arrests. There's been no other reporting on this. Uh, Luis Lopez Garcia, 24 years old, walked out of the Benny Mart, and, uh, which is on Walk-Up Avenue uh, between Highway 74 and the Monroe Bypass. It's like 930 at night, and the teen suspect didn't like the way Lopez Garcia, who was in a car, didn't like the way he looked at him, and so he shot him. They did not know each other. Police are looking for the teenager, but they give no description. We have no description. They, they won't tell us the name. They won't give us a description. Like, this is a, this is a teen that shot a man in the head for no reason. And you don't think you should tell people who that person is? Because they're a juvenile. The identity will not be released. So they know who it is? Because then they say, they believe the shooting was isolated and there's no threat to the public. Really? No threat to, like, just... 
You got shot. A man is, is dead. He was shot and killed for looking at somebody wrong. That somebody is still on the loose, but we are to believe there's no other danger to the public. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of questions about that story and the lack of follow-up so far in any of the media outlets. Uh, I caused some hurt feelings yesterday by adding somebody to my, my newly developed list on Twitter. I added somebody to the list, and it notifies them when you get, if you get added to a list by somebody, you get a little notification. And he apparently saw it finally after like a week. And he got, he got his feelings hurt. Um, hang on, let me go over here first to get Tom on the program. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Pete. I'm doing great. Good. Listen, I'm, I'm wondering if I can help solve and being honest an unfortunate uh, occurrence down in the Monroe but I'm wondering if I can get some money from Crime Stoppers because I'm, I can't tell you where I am and I can't tell you what the person looked like because that's what the police want us to do. But mm. I did see a teenager just a few minutes ago. Oh, well, yes. Then I think you should probably call that in, right? I mean, well, that, I was just wondering if that would help them. You know, that I, this person was just out in broad daylight. That's some chutzpah right there to just <laughs> walk around after you've murdered a person. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the, all the information seems to line up correctly. Uh, teenager check. And so there you go. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Like that's, uh, I I would give them a call and ask for the reward money. I mean, what's the worst that they could say is no. Right. Give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Tom, I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very, that's a, that's a responsible thing to do right there. And it's all thanks to the police department and, um, the, uh, and the news outlets, right? Passing along that kind of helpful information. So members of the public who remember we are under no danger warning at all, even though the suspect teenager shot and killed the person because the man looked at the teenager, didn't like the way he looked at him, but none of us are under threat. Um, there's also, there's a manhunt underway for the son of the Nashville police department's chief, police chief. Yeah. There's a manhunt on for the chief's son for shooting two cops. Police in Tennessee were searching Sunday for the estranged son of Nashville's police chief as the suspect in the shooting of two police officers outside of a Dollar General store. Officers in Laverne, 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 Laverne. I've never seen this place before. V-E-R-G-N-E, Laverne. It's a city about 20 miles southeast of Nashville, uh, they were investigating a stolen vehicle outside of the store Saturday afternoon when they uh, struggled with the suspect who pulled a handgun and then shot them. Um, one of the officers was released from the hospital Sunday night. The other officer was kept overnight for observation, is in stable condition, according to a spokesperson. So that's good news. They, uh, the police identified the suspect as John C. Drake, Jr., 38 years old, the son of Metro Nashville Police Department Chief John Drake. And the chief issued a statement 
confirming his son was the suspect in the shooting. He said they were estranged over many years. He has had only minimal contact with his son, um, who uh, is a convicted felon who, quote, resorted to years of criminal activity. Just a bizarre story. A George Soros-backed Louisiana DA who ran a campaign on bail reform and social justice just became the victim of a violent crime. Orleans Parish District Attorney Jason Williams and his elderly mother were carjacked at gunpoint last week in New Orleans by two suspects. That, according to reports, which were confirmed by the DA's office spokesperson, Keith Lampkin. At about 10 p.m. on Race Street in the Lower Garden District, two armed suspects allegedly demanded Williams' black Lincoln Navigator. According to uh, the police department, New Orleans Police Department, the suspects did not get far because the DA reportedly held on to the key fob in his pocket. And so what, I guess it gets out of range and then it just stops. The vehicle was recovered later at an undisclosed uptown location. The New Orleans Police Department noted that the same three suspects were responsible for another carjacking half a mile away about 30 minutes after targeting the DA. Early reports indicated that arrests have been made, which is weird. Wait, so hang on a second. Let me get this straight. Let me see if I can piece this together. Sounds like then if the carjackers are not stopped, that they then continue victimizing people. Is that the way that works? So you have to you have to physically stop them from victimizing more people. Otherwise, they keep victimizing more people. I just I'm just trying to track the through line on that force. Williams has uh, spoken out about the pandemic of violence ravaging his city and others in the nation. He has been criticized, though, for selective prosecutions as the district attorney during the first months of his tenure. His office dismissed 937 cases out of 1,400. And these are just the violent felony cases. That is 66. That's two out of three violent felony cases dismissed. There's a quote here. um, Oh, from Fox News, I guess. When Williams was elected in 2020, he ran on a platform of social justice reform with intentions of finding alternatives to incarceration for some criminals, while also changing what he considered an ineffective and unfair money bail system. One of his campaign backers, billionaire Democrat donor George Soros, which, what, by the way, do you remember, I'm old enough to remember this, do you remember when even mentioning George Soros's name in relationship to his donations to leftists that run for office, particularly the DA's offices and such, that that would get you called an anti-Semite? Remember that? The people, remember all the leftists that would call you an anti-Semite for pointing out that this one guy, which I don't care what his religion is, his ethnicity, it doesn't matter to me, it's this guy and his politics, it's his ideology and his fat wallet that he's using to fund these leftist groups. But if you said anything about, you mention his name, then you were savaged as an anti-Semite. 
And now, all of those people that would do that, they're now all like, you know, show us the footage of the burned babies or it didn't happen. Marching, you know, pro-Palestinian stuff all over the place. These are the people that accused others of being anti-Semites. I'm sure it's just a it's not a coincidence. So Soros reportedly donated $220,000 to the Louisiana Justice and Public Safety PAC the year that this guy Williams uh, ran and won. It helped fund ad campaigns against his opponent, according to the Capital Research Center. And then out to San Francisco, an unhoused man, back in the day we used to call him homeless, but now it's unhoused, which means something completely different, I think. It's way less, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's way less um, pigeonholing, I guess. It's less offensive to be called unhoused versus homeless. So this is, this is, once again, the corruption of the language. The issue is not the word. It's not the word. It's the condition. And eventually, unhoused will carry the same negative connotations as, quote, homeless. Because it's the condition. It's not the word. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. The message from Russ, who says, uh, Pete, Trunk Monkey is a great product, carbon neutral, and with Barnum and Bailey shutting down and animal poker games falling out of vogue, monkeys are in need of fulfilling meaningful employment. That's true. I mean, I can't argue with that. That's true. Um, also, thanks. Uh, to uh, to Russ and uh, his uh, lovely wife for coming out this weekend for the Alzheimer's Association walk uh, to end Alzheimer's. Uh, it was uh, in Uptown Charlotte, and uh, we got another one I'll be at on Saturday in Kannapolis. So if you would like to walk and help to end uh, Alzheimer's, it's a great organization, the Alzheimer's Association, uh, Western Carolina chapter. They're awesome, uh, great people, and uh, the money goes to fund uh, care, support, and uh, research programs for the Alzheimer's Association. So go to the Pete Callender Show dot com. Top of the link or top of the page, there's a link there, and you just click on that bad boy, or go to alz.org, Either way, um, and then find you know the walk nearest you. And I appreciate it. All right. So an unhoused man who has been living across the street from a California school for more than two years is turning some heads. After he posted a sign on his home, see, because he's just missing a house. He has a home. It's on the sidewalk. 
and he's got all these like shopping carts and tarps and stuff and whatever all built up and he lives in there he sleeps under there he hangs out on the street and right across the street from the uh from the school and he put up a sign at his home free fentanyl for new users not a joke the cops did try a sting but he he wasn't holding at the time he didn't have he didn't have any of the drugs and so uh ABC 13 went and uh did an interview with him and he said he's uh, he says it's not a joke his name is Adam Moore he's been homeless he says quote I've been homeless he said that I'm not I'm not identifying him as homeless I called him unhoused. That's what the news article called him, too. He called himself homeless for basically 26 years. Oh, also, he's a convicted sex offender who totally didn't do it. Right? He didn't do it, he says. He's on the Megan's Law website for lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14. But... He says, quote, I was innocent of all the charges that I've been accused of and convicted of. So he's hanging out on the street, across the street from the school. And uh, he hangs up a sign that says free fentanyl for new users. The convicted sex offender set up camp across the street from a Catholic grade school more than two years ago. His signs offering free drugs have authorities now kicking them out. They're moving him off the sidewalk. But get this. You might ask yourself, how is a convicted sex offender allowed to, quote, live, be in proximity to a, a school? Well, he is apparently not considered a high-risk offender. So he does not have to follow the rule to stay 2,000 feet away from any school. He, got a, he found himself a loophole. Isn't that nice? And he says he lives by two rules. Number one, there are no rules. No, I'm kidding. He says, number one. Be kind to others and make, number two, I guess, make it look easy for children. So the guy only has two rules in life and one of them is about children. I'm just, I'm just highlighting it. San Francisco Police Department Captain Chris Canning said under new guidance, though, officers are allowed to enforce rules against camping on sidewalks. And that's what they did the other day. The, uh, the I-Team, ABC I-Team, was there as Adam Moore declined an offer of shelter. They said, hey, do you want to go to a shelter? You know what he said? Quote, I will never voluntarily incarcerate myself. That's an interesting way to view shelter. Aren't you involuntarily incarcerating yourself under your shopping carts? Right? You've constructed a shelter. So aren't you voluntarily, what makes that any, anyway. Now he did get a ticket Thursday for misdemeanor battery. Yep, for an altercation with a parent from the school. He then filed a complaint in return of assault against that father. On Friday, Moore was arrested on a probation violation. According to KGO, Moore had a medical complaint and went to a hospital. Then police decided to delay pursuing the probation violation, and so he was out of custody Friday night. 
in a record drug bust. Deputies seized enough fentanyl to kill 1.14 million people. Buncombe County Sheriff Quentin Miller announced the other day. Recovered five pounds of fentanyl in a series of uh, raids. Three women, two men arrested, jailed on 59 criminal charges. They also picked up a bunch of heroin, coke, meth, and like 2,500 miscellaneous pills. And Suboxone, which is a prescription drug that treats opioid addiction, which that's kind of weird. 